Red Dad Poet Society. Trigger warning, mentions of suicide, addiction, and other sensitive topics. Hey! Hi! I'm Anna. And I'm Lily. And welcome to, and welcome to Dead Dad Poet Dead Society. Dad Poet Society, Zoom edition. So Lily's like behind me because I think there's a tiny little lag. So we did not see oh, that good. at the same time. However, um, it's probably good because then you'll have time to process what we say instead of us interrupting mm-hmm. like normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's honestly, hard to interrupt when you're on Zoom. Yeah, except oh. I think we just did. <laughs> I think we are like a little bit behind, but I don't really know what to do about that. It is what it is. It's um, the Wi Fi. Yeah, actually, the Wi Fi is kind of amazing here. Okay, well, you're blurry on Zoom, so. Okay, well, sure. <laughs> fine guess it's my fault as always okay it's the hospital's fault like let's chill okay yeah so if you guys don't know i backpacked for like 10 months this past year and then i took three months off and i was like "Mm, no and i got some life insurance money so i am back out currently i am in elterwater in the lake district which is like a town right off windermere and it's lovely no one knows what that is windermere People do know it's the lakes. It's the Lake District. I said the Lake District. Babe, no one knows what that is. Lily, <laughs> the Lake District is like a really like touristy part of England. Okay, so it's in England. Let's just like not be rude. <laughs> if like, you've ever heard I the Taylor Swift song, The Lakes, this is yeah, what she's talking about. That's the only about. reason I know what the Lake District is. So anyway, so it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I was in Paris and then London and then Scotland. And I've had lots of fun. I've seen lots of friends. It's been so great. And now I'm recording an episode of Dead Dad Poets Society. And, and I am at college. And Lily's and at college. So we're both in our happy yeah. places. We're both thriving. <laughs> um, I'm in a hostel dorm right. room and Lily's in her bedroom. And I'm in a college dorm room. Way nicer than my past two years, though, so we're thriving. So true. Um, so anyway, enough about us. It's time to talk about the hot celebrity goss. So true. And there is some hot celebrity goss right now, slash just general goss. Mm-hmm. Um. So first of all, we have seen that Burning Man is a disaster, which I mean... Based on everything I know about Burning Man, it already seems like kind of like the worst possible scenario. Um, Also, apparently, like, so it's known for being like a drug fest, but apparently there are cops everywhere trying to like catch people doing drugs. So I'm kind of confused about what the appeal is. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not like you can legally just be like, yeah, we're going to do drugs. And because we're a music festival, you're not allowed to catch us. Like, if they know there's drugs happening, I think they're legally obligated to be there. Okay, well, that's lame. Anyway, Burning Man this year seems even more horrible than usual because there was like a huge flood and everyone seems to be getting like trench foot because it's like literally people are like up to their knees in mud and water and like people camp like burning man is like a camping thing i also it's not a music festival i'm pretty sure it's just like no it's not a music festival it's mostly just like drugs and sex and stuff and people die like every single year of like overdoses or like Mm. one guy like ran into a fire and just like he became the burning man (laughs) yeah i mean not to laugh but it's unfortunate um but yeah so it's kind of like a fire fest situation where like a bunch of really rich people got stranded um there were no porta potties so everyone was just like shitting in the streets it's kind of funny because this is like a ton of rich people who 
all a lot of them got their money for being climate terrorists and now climate change is coming to like actually wreak divine karma upon them which i think is like kind of hilarious i do feel bad for like i'm sure some people are okay people there that are there though that sucks but mother earth is taking her shot no she is so she's coming for them um karma is her boyfriend well, karma is the end of the human race as we know it. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing. But yeah, there was a rumor that there was like an Ebola outbreak because of all of the like human feces. But I've Ew. heard that is untrue. I've heard it's okay. untrue. Yeah, um, so and we're like, not trying to spread that. People were like, acting like it would be funny, but I was like, I kind of don't want to deal with Ebola. Like, that's yeah. going to come out with them. Like, it's not going to stay there. So I'd rather. When was, rather was, was Ebola like 2015? I think it was like yeah like 2016 maybe like around mm, great year great year yeah no there was yeah that was that was super unfortunate rip to all those people <laughs> um yeah and another unfortunate situation is also happening on yahoo news um oh also did we even say this is our yahoo news segment oh well i think it's this is our seventh episode like I know, but, like, do you think people come in? Yeah, if you're coming in on a random episode, you should start from the beginning. We're sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of lore. Also, I oh, my God, I was going to say this at the beginning, but I forgot. We should tell people to, like, subscribe and rate us five stars. Oh, because we are victims of an evil... Did I tell you about this? Yeah, Lily. That I think I know who gave us the bad rating. You think you knew? Who? Oh, well, I know one of them. There's two. I'm, I'm calling Google him out. Gave no, us- but I'm sure. I don't know. I get. I bet it was just one person. And he gave us a bad start. I'm calling him out okay. publicly because I know that he listens to our podcasts. Okay. He, he listens. My one of my good. I won't call him out by name. <laughs> but my one of my best friends, ex boyfriends. You can bleep this out. Who, by the way, likes me. He likes me. He sent my friend. They're they still they're still friends. And he sent my friend a screenshot of our podcast and said, and I quote. This is why America needs to burn. What? Like, why? About our podcast, about our dead father. Why? Because he thinks it's like Americans being exploited. I don't know, but honestly, that's none of your business. And then, you know what? Like, maybe his dad can die, and then we'll see how he responds. Yeah, we. I don't have your dad dies, but if he does, we'd love to have you as a guest. Yeah, we'd love um, to have you as a guest and see how you feel. Yeah, if your dad dies, we'd love to have you as a guest and see how that is. Um... But that's so interesting. Well, <laughs> luckily, I've gotten a lot of really nice messages. And we've gotten a lot Me of her, five-star reviews about how this is, number one, fun to listen to. But number two, helps people who are going through similar or not unsimilar situations. And we really appreciate that. And we're not going to let the hashtag haters get in our no, way. This is like silly to hate listen to. I know. It, and I've had multiple people tell me they work out for our podcast. <laughs> that's like really hilarious. I haven't had anyone tell me that. But maybe that's just the difference between our friends. <laughs> Just kidding. I have so many athletic friends. Um, yeah, what? But yeah, so that's nice. And so yeah, so rate us five stars to combat that one hater. And, <laughs> and actually, I mean, I know that I know about how he treats women. So I'm just so going true. to say that maybe he is the reason America should burn. Um, well, yeah, he's not American. So I think that he thinks that he's exempt. But he's Italian. Oh. And Italy's like oh really Italian bad. men Ooh, yeah. no I've been to Italy um no though no. okay so we can't ever we'll... heard of a ever heard of a little guy named Mussolini <laughs> <laughs> we won't be taking any criticism from um like European men because mm. um as a, whole. as a whole 
Um, you'd think you go to Europe and the guys turn out much better, but as someone who's traveled with no. most Europeans, I will say no. Um, <laughs> hashtag not European all European guy. men, but enough of them that I'm not taking their advice on our podcast. Um, same with actually American, like unless you're someone who's has like a dead parent, if you're a man, I'm not taking your advice on our podcast, but I have gotten messages from males with dead parents and they really like it. So you guys are special and we love you and we're sending all the love and we hope that your grieving process is going well too. This is not just one person. There's like multiple people, but thank you for the people who are reaching out. We really appreciate it. And if you want to reach out, I think we should start like, obviously not without people's permission, but if people have like nice things to say or just like funny thoughts in the episode, we should start posting them on our Instagram stories. So if you text us or DM the podcast and you have something nice to say, and then I'll be like, am I allowed to put this on the stories? I want you to sign a release. And now we can use all of your words and every con- piece of content that you create as free advertising from here on out. So true. And like as celebrity endorsements, if you get super famous one day, we're going to keep using that. And we're <laughs> going, going to be like, to, we're going to yeah. recycle that. So yes, um, that was a diversion. We're just, anyway, this would to, not be a, this would not be our <laughs> podcast if we weren't like yelling at men and like calling them out. We'll beep his name out. But if you know who we're like, if you, if you like know anything about the situation and know who we're talking about, so also if you text me i will give away yeah I'll, I'll actually tell you guys too I, i'll like post on the instagram story i actually don't yeah. really have a lot of yeah um, we're just not we're just not trying to get sued so yeah it's okay anyway anyway so um <laughs> the real pop culture american news that is extremely vital and important that we are going to discuss is from yahoo is that Oh, sorry. It's got like five credit card charges. And I was like, what are those? Wow, the, that sucks. Just, no, it's just like my hostels and buses in Croatia. They all came in at once. Anyway, my life is really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything that's wrong with America. Um, we should use that as a tagline. Okay. So Britney Spears is getting a divorce. I, I hate to say it, but I saw this one coming. <laughs> well, okay. So I have a history with Britney Spears. We have the same birthday. So we're basically best friends. Yeah. Um, I've always like really had an affinity for her um, and I was very supportive of her getting freed from her, I'm blanking on the word, I'm literally. Conservatorship. Yeah, conservatorship. Sorry, guys. Um, Maybe I am a stupid bitch. You shouldn't be saying anything. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I was, I obviously like free Britney. I agree with that. However, it is concerning to watch someone with like obviously severe mental illness who like people just aren't looking up for their best interests. So I didn't agree with the conservatorship because I didn't think her dad had her best interest in, in mind. But I also think that no one seems to have her best interest in mind and I wish she had someone looking out for who does. Because this guy obviously was not someone... I think he was... It was pretty clear he was trying to take advantage of her. Yeah. Even, I mean, obviously someone could look out for her without having like a legal conservatorship no, over her. I feel like a human... like Or like, sorry, like an adult person who like... Yes, she's mentally ill, but she's not, like, she still, like, is her own person. And she doesn't have, I don't know, severe Alzheimer's or something, which is really what that's meant for. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think, like, it's scary that it, there doesn't seem to be anyone in her life that is looking out. Like, even, like, the wedding was so weird. Like, it was, it was like, so celebrities weird. would show up for cameos and then, leave, and, like, take pictures and leave. And, like, nobody can talk. Like, nobody, like can talk to her like nobody knows what's going on with her yeah Um, like even viola davis maybe she should be the one looking out for her because i remember when they got engaged she commented and she was like make sure you have a prenup which oh my god really that's so funny yeah like she and now he's and he's like he has some like not i never want to like 
um, dispute like anyone's claims of abuse. But this guy is like saying some no, things about No, but it's her. coming up with other stuff. It's like number one, he was a clout chaser. He was trying to use her to get roles. But then he was like apparently trying to be like, I'll release embarrassing information if you don't give me money. And then he was like, oh, I was abused. And then he was like, oh, but she's going to give me money. Like apparently when it comes with demands for money, especially yeah. in a situation where she was, she's obviously been being taken advantage by people for a long time. I don't think it's like like a bad thing to take everything that is said with a grain of salt when it's yeah. obviously someone's trying to extort extort someone else in this specific situation um i like believe but male victims whole, of abuse but as a whole we stand with survivors no i stand with survivors and i just think this yeah. is obviously a situation where he it sounds like he's trying to ex- extort her so i think yeah, we sure. i'm going to hold off judgment until maybe if there's anything more substantial that comes out um ready to listen but right now oop, right now i'm just gonna take everything with a grain of salt i i think it's like i've taken like a special interest in this number one because i love britney spears and if you've seen like for halloween like i dress up as her every single year but i also think she's exhibited like certain characteristics that are very familiar to me in her mental illness and obviously she is not like my dad but when my dad was like less in touch with reality like Okay, I think the I think what I'm trying to talk about is her kids have kind of like publicly said stuff against her. Um and people everyone like supports Britney, everyone's free Britney. So that makes sense. I get that. But people are really hard on the kids and being like the kids are being evil. How could they do this to their mom? And I'm like, unless you've been a kid in a situation where a parent is unstable and possibly like not in touch with reality, I really don't think you can judge them. They're like, they shouldn't be talking to the press. These are minors. I kind of think if your mom is putting you into situations where you are scared and she is not like in a right mental place to be a parent and then she is publicly putting you on blast for not wanting to see you i kind of think they have the right to like say what they need to say and people are like their dad's turning them against her but like and the press is super predatory and you know like if someone's like coming up to you and like asking you questions after your mom like yeah like publicly put you on blast you're not exactly like thinking about the best pr strategy yeah and even putting it on their instagram stories like i just think it's a really hard position they're being put in and I have empathy for Britney's, but I, I have even more empathy for those kids because I think that they're in a really, sorry, they're like doing um, air tests near me. So there's a bunch of planes. I can hardly but, hear it. So. Okay. Um, I just feel bad for um them, like almost the most in this situation. So I hope they're doing okay. And I also hope Britney's yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Um. So we have a thing for you guys today. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> going to read something. I feel like we had a lot to say at the beginning this time um but i since my dad again cataloged and printed out every single email that he ever wrote and received um for like 10 years that includes his like journal entries question mark um so it seems like he would like go back on journal entries and like comment on them um and we have one that i found from february 15th 2000 so this is just like a few months after anna was born slay and it's an email from him to himself so but he printed it out so he basically was asking us to show this to the world so true (laughs) um yeah he and i think it's i think it's stuff that a lot of us can probably relate to (laughs) yeah i think some of it i think he had these like high and lofty ideals but i think generally a lot of the things he struggled with he it was just on a larger scale but it's generally pretty relatable and like some universal problems it's like a lot of the mundane like 
what am I meant to be doing? Is what I'm doing right for me? Is am I meant for something greater? And like kind of just thinking about like his career and also, you know, he was starting a family. So thinking about like providing and, you know, all of those, all of those tough issues that, you know, obviously we're not there yet, but we're going to have to be there someday. Yeah. And the Mary's rich. Um, shout out to all the, no, just kidding. I'm not going to marry for money. However, I do think ambition is an important. Has, hey, my friend, my friend, shout out Sienna. She is totally secure and 100% on the idea that she will not marry below her in terms of money making. And you know what? That's fine. Like, you, I just like, think I'm not going to be making that much money. So it's not going to be that hard for me to <laughs> marry above me because I, I just want to do jobs that probably don't make that much money. Um, But also, like, I don't know. I don't think you have to be making like a lot of money, but I do think like having like ambitions in life is important to me well, right. so like you don't have to be like super rich but I'm assuming that you will be making like some kind of salary so well, if you're like, a loser who has no ambition that's one thing yeah I mean if you're like doing really good work and you're not making that much money I respect you as a person and then that's what's important but we are going to have to figure out how to pay for our kids college so maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll have like a side hustle maybe the podcast will like blow up and we'll like us, us building our kingdom side by side yeah He's oh my god mindset, mindset he can be a guest when we have a dead dad poet society patreon he can be a guest <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts like just started a patreon i was like damn i didn't know they were that big but now i'm kind of like like what like I, I don't think we'll ever get to patreon level but i was like what would we even put on like a dead dead po-? like we already like give because they are yeah, like, we give, they're like oh we're giving you like more of like the like inside like look like like really like personal stuff like we're like yeah and then he did this and then we were crying and then we know like, and here's his apology letter i know and especially the next episode that's going to be like so much information like i just like think there's any more information we could ever give like i guess we could just start only fans instead but that's a joke <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, that's a joke. mom <laughs> don't get mad at us mom um, that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, okay. Well, so yeah, we have a journal entry in the form of an email, but it's a journal entry. Um, so we're gonna read that for you today. Basically, it's like mostly one really long paragraph. So Lily and I decided we're just going to like read and then see what it feels right to stop. However, knowing us, we're just we're like keep going. <laughs> we're just gonna keep going. Like we don't like let the other one talk. Like we like to be able to. We like to read more. So. Uh, we'll see but how there's it goes. stuff that we're gonna want to comment on. So I think that True. every time there's we f- think that there's enough stuff to like talk about, we'll just stop. Yeah, I'll raise my hand if you're talking and I have something to say. Yeah. Okay. okay, Lily has the physical paper. I'm reading off my phone. Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. Following up on previous thoughts, should I accept the the, the Z? I don't even know what that means though. Should I, just I don't say know. It? Yeah, okay. and you just say it. Should I accept the Z behavior, be more quote unquote political? Or is this giving in, being a hypocrite, abandoning principles? How important are the principles, civility, etc.? Is it more honorable to insist on these at the possible expense of, for example, salary and therefore possible security of Jill and A? And by the way, what exact- exactly are the principles I'm standing up for? Am I just selfish? I think that's a good place to yeah i feel like much discuss um i mean i think this like you know like weighing the principles versus security um and like a good life for your family is something that a lot of people struggle with i think especially for dad this idea of principles um was something that like really like plagued him yes yeah and like 
I'm kind of interested because he said, should I accept the Z behavior? I don't know what Z is, but he calls me A. So I'm assuming Z is the initial of someone. So I think like probably someone with the first name with a Z, either like a probably probably a colleague person at his law firm um, is saying that he should be more political. But he's saying that's going against his principles, which I think is really interesting because I wish I could. This is one of those things I wish I could ask him about, because for me, probably if I was in some kind of law firm, going against my principles would be being less political. So I just I'm so curious what the context was, but I guess we'll never know. But his principles. Maybe I don't know if I don't know if he means political, like political as in like American politics. I think that he might mean like being more playing the game. Because yeah. when I say someone's being political, sometimes I mean, like, someone's being a politician. Like, True. they're trying to be likable. They're trying to, like, win, you know. I, so I don't know if he means, like, political, like, but I guess he said civility. Yeah, civility. So I guess, like. Yeah. But it's just like being civil. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Yeah, I don't, like, you know, we'll never know exactly what he's talking about. But this has come up in multiple other letters and things that we've read this idea of sacrificing principles which i think some of his principles were the pursuit of like nobility and justice and art um versus like the principle versus like you know trying to make money and like be a quote-unquote provider Mm -hmm. um and i think being a provider was something that was hypothetically important to him but like not actually. I also think that it's like he's talking, you know, like, am I just selfish? I think it's like, I think he knows that his like struggle and his like life, you know, like his obsession with doing something greater or these principles or whatever it was. Like, I think he knew that it was selfish, but I also think that it was like this like compulsive thing that he could not help. Yeah. I mean, I think he like literally, that's where like a lot of the depression came from. I think he felt like unable to fulfill these ideals and I think that he could not stop himself from pursuing those ideals and then if he felt like he couldn't attain them like nothing was worth it um I also want to say on the whole like provider thing I think this is something I actually talked about with dad sometimes because it was always interesting to me he would bring up the idea of being a provider in the context of mom's family like our extended family because my grandpa is like the ultimate provider he like he's technically my mom's stepdad but he's just like you know he's it's one of those things where he's as much a parent as anyone um and he's definitely as much our grandparent as anyone else um and he's always like been the ultimate provider for like everyone and for so many people like even more than just his family like he's definitely someone who um really makes sure everyone's taken care of and it's like a beautiful thing and that my dad always was like that's definitely really important in your mom's family he'd be like this person's a good provider this person's a good provider I was never as good of a provider for them and he'd like talk about it with like some derision but mostly jealousy and I think he both had this whole idea where he's like this like focus on being a provider over like the noble pursuit of poetry is like so silly but then he also had so much guilt over it and really wanted to be that and it was like a weird contradictory thing in the way that he talked about it and I would get weird mixed messages I was like are you trying to tell me that it's better not to pursue that or that you're upset you didn't pursue it like and I think he himself was conflicted so I think he was conflicted is it easier to accept the abuse and be a good boy and be grateful for when I'm told the boss actually likes me or for when he's in a good mood what does a man do or is there a medium? 
that is, maybe it's not either slash or. Recall Dr. Frank's comments on this. Maybe if I stand up, I really will be rewarded, at least in some circumstances. I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this idea of what a man, I wanted to comment on this before, like the masculinity of it all, but I think like this kind of really underscores all of that. The idea, I think that the idea of being a provider, it's obviously a very masculine thing, um, especially for him. I think in a lot of ways, um, our dad really kind of was like lived outside of these like masculine ideals. He was very affectionate. He um, was very emotional. He wasn't like an alpha male in a lot of senses, um, but he did have he still had that, you know, like masculinity thing. I think a lot of that probably comes from his dad and also just like. He also grew up in like a lot of like. Air Force, yeah. Yeah. And like on Air Force bases and like a lot of like Southern towns or like small Midwest towns. And he was a football player. He definitely had that. And he was like a big partier. He had a lot of girlfriends. I do think he, yeah. he was more like, like maybe a little bit more metrosexual, but I think he still like had definitely like a strong sense of his masculinity, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, just like, you know, like, th- thinking about, like, should I suck up and, you know, try to get in the boss's good graces? Should I try to move up in the law firm? Is that, is that, like, sacrificing my ideals and my principles? Yeah, and this, like, culture of abuse in law is something that dad would talk about mm-hmm. a lot. Like, he would always bring up that study. He wrote a paper in law school about this, about how lawyers have the highest suicide rate for, like, any job. And he's like, makes sense. Um <laughs> I don't know if that was him just being depressed or like him actually, but he really, I think the law world demanded, especially back then, demanded a lot. I have a lot of friends who are working in law right now and they seem to say that they're, they're, it's still like, there's definitely kind of a crazy corporate culture, but they're working on it a lot because there's been a lot of backlash. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think especially in the nineties, early two thousands, this culture of like the good boys club was a thing that my dad would mention a lot and that he really did not appreciate yeah so i mean it makes sense like why he why he was struggling with this um i'm gonna continue reminded of leslie hex's comment that i could quote be a star in the law firm so why wasn't i there or anywhere else why have i not been able to get along with the likes of aggie rex cullen should i have am i too inclined to take offense get worked up exaggerate the injustices see things as an affront to my principles take a stand where it's maybe not the best idea or even necessary, fail to choose my battles. Oh my God, I am him. Like yeah. that I is so crazy. Cause I was because like, that's really Lily. There is not a battle that I have not, like that I've not taken up. Like I, there, I will die on every hill. I think that this justice sensitivity I mean, we've talked about before with like dads, like being dad being some kind of neurodivergent, you know, but I think like the, the intense injustice to sense to, sorry, the intense sensitivity to justice is something that I really struggle with talking about, you know, exaggerating the injustices in like fourth grade. I won this like award, the golden whale award at our, at our elementary school for like fairness, because I was always like, that's not fair. Like it was kind of like an insult because also our sister relationship, like yeah it's like, like everything always is like, fair yeah and I, it's always like that's not fair and um I don't know I think but like the fact that my dad struggled with this so much at this like very like professional and corporate law firm it's a reason why I definitely could never <laughs> work in a law firm but yeah I mean 
I, we've talked about this before. I have it too. I don't think I have it quite as intensely as Lily, but this was definitely a problem for my dad. I think almost every job that he had after the law firm, he ended up having to leave because of like interpersonal things. And like a lot of it was that he would be like relapse on drinking or that he was like really depressed. And so he wasn't as good at work, but I think he did have like constant, constant like tiffs because things weren't running the way that he thought he should, they should, especially at nonprofits because he was kind of like perfect or nothing. So I think that was something he faced. I think, I don't know. I feel like you have, you, it's like you have more of like, you're kind of a combination of mom and dad in a little bit because I think dad is like, has like the sense of like, this isn't okay. Um, And I think mom has, and then dad gets like really like angry, stormy, moody about it, which I get. Mom's mm-hmm. like a little bit more of an immediate like, outburst of anger I'm offended. Um, and then it's over yeah I'm offended and then it's and then it's over quicker but I think that's going to serve you well because I think the the whole like ruminating on everything and making it a huge thing rather than just kind of like addressing it immediately yeah. or like addressing it in like more of like a explosion I'm definitely way more confrontational yeah and but I think that serves you because I think that you know it might be harder for like interpersonal relationships but for work relationships I think that it is good if something is happening rather than writing a thousand journal entries about it and getting worked up until you're finally like I quit I think it's better to be like I actually have a problem with this and especially in the year of our lord 2023 that will be further appreciated especially in the fields you're trying to go into so I don't think you will necessarily face the same issues however I I definitely I was laughing because I was like this is very lily yeah I'm just very easily I'm just sensitive so (laughs) you are sensitive um okay Am I trying to cause trouble, self-destruction thing, and has it been worth it? Had I adjusted my attitude, towed the line a little, might I have come to have an influence on changing things to make them more like I think they should be? Or would I have just come to give in and accept the institution for what it is, despite that I didn't respect it, or maybe even become a contributing part of it? Have I burned bridges or otherwise lost opportunity? Should I have tried harder, been more willing to accept some of the quote-unquote injustices I saw? Recall Aggie, quote, I'm trying to help for future things too. Um, I mean, this is also the classic, like, can you change the system from within or is it easier to change things from like the outside? I think that is like certainly something that again, like is kind of a universal struggle. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I think we both like, well, especially, I mean, like, I think we both growing up have like struggled about whether or not we want to like get involved with like the political sphere in one way or another because we have so many problems with like the U.S. government and like the way things are run that are and like the way things are run even with like NGOs and nonprofits. um but I think like in general like we're gonna have to get jobs we're gonna have to like be a part of some kind of institution one way or another and it's kind of like you know you might feel complicit but you also might change things um, and I think like both, or, like, I think just both like, things, or like, just harm reduction, like just, yeah, like you can you change know. things from within and you can also, like, I think that there are many different routes to make change. I think there is a fear that my dad had and like a very real risk of once you've been in these environments and certain things are normalized for a while, you just kind of get sucked into it and you sort of forget your motivation for trying to join and change things in the first place. I think I... I'm struggling with this a lot as I try to look for jobs because I want to work on stuff regarding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I think almost every organization I've looked at 
has just, you know, it's hard to find things that 100% align with your values. And it's like, can I work here and then make this more align with my values? Or am I just going to like get, or just like suggested into the bottom line? It's weird because I am both someone who believes very strongly in my principles, but also, I don't know, like, I think I can be easily suggestible in certain ways. So I just worry about losing my values and yeah. it's something I struggle with and I am really thinking about as I job search right now. Yeah. And I'd, I don't like to think too much about it because it stresses me out, but it's just the thing. Or it's like, do you just do something where you're like, no job is ever going to be moral. I should just make money. Like there's a lot of things to think about. So. Right. And we're not talking about working for Lockheed Martin. No. <laughs> we're talking no. about more of like a more useful job. Yes. And <laughs> I'll keep you guys updated on what jobs I get and what category it falls into. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully not weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Um, no, well, no offense to my friend's parents who work in that. Love your kids. I don't know. I feel like they, your friends know that their parents don't do great things. I just so don't want to talk about. Okay. We're, it's about to he just, works for Lockheed Martin. Yeah, he's like really high up. That's what he does. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry, we do not have Zoom Premium because we're not paying for that. And I can't figure it out with Brown, so. Yeah, I was going to say it's crazy that Brown doesn't give it to you because Northwestern no, gave it to us. we do. We do have it. But like, I think I accidentally signed. Like, it's, I've been trying to troubleshoot it. No one else has this problem. I don't know. Um, Brown hates you. Can, yeah, Brown hates me. They don't want me here. Anyway, um, okay. I'm just going to keep reading. Will I change people? Have I made a point with anyone? Is it just me? That is, am I really the problem? <laughs> Have I tilted at windmills? Or maybe I just really am not very good at this substantive. Or maybe I just really am not very good at the substantive job. Have I just talked a lot about principles and such because I'm afraid I'm not capable or because I just don't know what to do, both in the practical and the existential sense? Hmm. I mean, I definitely feel the, like, is anyone listening to me? Like, is this just me? <laughs> yeah, this is, like, my dad was very um thoughtful and, like, uh, reflective. However, this is, like, a moment of clarity that I didn't necessarily knew that he ever had. Yeah. Um, I think the whole thing about am I trying to do something bigger because... I just feel like I might not be good enough at the things I'm doing. It's like, that's something I've asked about my dad before, but obviously I was never going to ask him that. I mean, like, <laughs> he never tried to like write his great American novel. I mean, he did a little bit and never like truly. And I was always like, are you just not doing it because you're afraid it's not good enough? And I think he did have that fear, but it's also trying, trying to parse out what's what in this whole thing about like principles. And if, you are sometimes using your principles in, as an excuse for something else. Like, oh, I don't really want to go to class today and there's a protest. I'll just go to the protest because I don't want to go to class. Like, it's always interesting, you know, that stuff with stuff that I was personally trying to parse out when so much of, so many, okay, sorry. I feel like I'm like, I have something to say. In today's day and age, so much of demonstrating your principles feels performative because so much of it is based off doing certain things, especially on social media. And it's really hard to parse out whether you are doing those things because you actually believe in those things or because it looks good or it's easier to do it than not do it. Or it's a good excuse to not do other things. And that's something that I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of other people struggle with. Um, and it just feels 
like this is a question that's never going to go away for anyone yeah i mean it's also like even if you do choose the more quote-unquote noble path it's it's way harder to like quantitatively define and measure your progress and you know not it's not even that one path is necessarily easier but I mean one of the paths is certainly necessarily easier to measure your success too true true I feel like I'm just like much, much to think about. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what to say because I, I don't know. We should probably, I should probably read these more substantively before than just like skimming them. But I'm like, oh, wait, I literally so much to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I think we can just keep reading and then it's know. all good. It's all good. So starting with related, I think. Okay, I'm starting. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, this is very me. Okay related did i quote unquote not try in law school because i was afraid that if i did try i still wouldn't do very well and related what is intelligence how does being a quote unquote good lawyer compare with being a good writer or having an understanding of good writing or having a good ear for humor who's the smartest of course people don't pay for a good sense of humor unless maybe you really are the funniest (laughs) (laughs) okay as someone who didn't try very hard in school this is so interesting in to me. No, generally in school. I I mean, I got good grades for most of my schooling, but I like had never studied until I went to Northwestern. And in the classes I, I didn't have yeah, either. The classes that I didn't need to study for, like didn't I've always been like really good at what I'm good at naturally. And then the stuff that I'm not as good at, I never just tried that hard in. And I always I was always got good enough grades that it was fine. But I never really tried to excel in things that I wasn't automatically good at. Well, and then it eventually caught up to you. Um, perhaps. I, like, had a flop <laughs> semester at school, but that was also because I was depressed and I didn't, like, I did fine in college until COVID year. And then I flopped a little bit. Not terribly, but a little bit because I couldn't get myself to go to any classes or do any work. Um, But I still think, it's untested whether or not if I try what I what my life would look like. So I'm excited to have a job in which I have to try. And I'm sure things don't just come naturally to you when you're working. So I'll be interested to see what it's like when I do that. It's also very interesting to hear dad grappling with the idea of like what is intelligence, because I think he was often one of those people. It really bothered me how he viewed intelligence. And I felt like his idea of intelligence was so... Um, like one-dimensional and and it's interesting that he was like struggling with like what is because I think that he always saw himself as a very intelligent person um and also like thinking about being a good lawyer versus being a good writer because I think he felt like he was a good writer um also the humor thing is very interesting like I think he also saw himself as a funny person but he also often made fun of himself for thinking he was funny so he would be like, and, you know, I probably think I'm funnier than I am and stuff. And I think that he, like, being funny was, like, kind of a really, honestly, a really big part of his self-image. True. I think it's interesting because I think he thought he was, like, smarter and funnier than the people around him. But I still don't think he thought he was as, like, smart or funny as 
his like heroes or the people who he like he thought of as like these great epic people i think he i think he saw himself as either in the same category or striving to be in the same category as like the greats and so even though he's better than the normals he still felt yeah he's someone who felt better than a lot of people and also felt incredibly inadequate which is literally like the the trait of narcissism so yeah the superiority inferiority complex i mean i think a lot of people have that to like a lesser extent like, I think a lot of people, I, I hear I hear so many of my friends go, oh, I think I'm, like, the best person in the world, but I also think I'm the worst person in the world. I somehow don't have the inferiority. <laughs> you could use a little bit of shame sometimes. I could. I mean, it's not that I'm going the best person in the world, but I think I used to be a lot more insecure. And now I just don't have that whole thing being like, oh, my God, I'm the worst. Yeah. So, so it's I, probably, I probably need some of it back. I probably need a little bit of it back, though. <laughs> It's something. It's something to consider. I should be knocked out of peg. I guess <laughs> thinking that I am what's wrong with America is yeah. Is good, that's is that's, good that's really knock you down a peg. Yeah, that's something that you needed. Maybe I just think it's funny. Now I want to get it on a t-shirt. Oh my god, we should. If we this ever is, got got like famous, we would need to make merch that says. Wait, that. this is the second time that someone said that I'm what's wrong with America. Wow, really? When I got arrested in high school, which I'm no hero for doing that. We're not bringing that up, really. But all I'm saying is that we got put on Fox News. And there was a picture of me. Mm. And they said, this is what's wrong with America's youth. So I feel like I'm now the bane of America. And I feel pretty proud of it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Continuing. Would Jill and Anna be better off if I was more willing to do the job and just accept the bad stuff? Is my quote-unquote struggle with being and with principles just self-indulgent am i really the one who's inflexible are the ones who deal with things like a big firm litigation workplace and still seem decent in parentheses tom fitzgibbon hey, tom. <laughs> really <laughs> shout out tom really the ones doing it right oh maybe we shouldn't say that why i don't know because no he's dealing with things like big firm litigation still seems like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not a bad thing to say yeah Or is it that I'm just not constitutionally built for this? Very different from Tom. For dealing with, putting up with people generally. And then something in French because classic dad. In first, it's less Or is it a self-destructive tendency, maybe unconscious, not to let myself settle into these environments? I'm starting to bristle at the profane incivility of this place. What will be the outcome of this? Okay, can I just say that I'm obsessed with starting to bristle at the profane incivility of this place? Literally me all the time in every environment. Ugh, the profane incivility of this place. I can. like. Um, I looked up the Cisless authors, and it seems like a part of a quote by Jean-Paul Sartre, who I have read, but I don't know how to pronounce his name very well because I'm really bad with accents. We've been new. Anyway, um... But it's part of a bigger quote, which is like, hell is other people. Oh, this part, this is just the part where it is like, it is other people. So Mm. I don't know if he's trying to just imply the hell is part or if he's literally just saying it's the other people. I think it's it's probably, I think it's, because he's talking about like the profile, I don't know, it seems like. Oh, no, Linfer, Linfer, Linfer is the part of the hell. So it is the whole quote, hell is other people. Oh, okay. Yes. That's very like him to put a French philosopher ruminating in the middle of his of his personal diary (laughs) Um, this is why i'm like oh my god like he wrote this to be read yeah no i think he definitely did (laughs) 
I think he really appreciate. So yes, hell is other people. So like this idea and this going back to like this idea of like being selfish and self-indulgent. Yeah, he's in, he's used the word self-indulgent like a bunch of times. I think that he like he was like pretty self-aware, even if he also was like incredibly yeah. dense at times. Um I I I kind of get I I really do like relate to this idea of like maybe I'm just not built to put up with people because I I'm I'm not great at like again like picking my battles. Um uh, I'm not good at like being totally respectful of other and tolerant of other people's opinions um so I really like I don't know I think that it's interesting that he's like maybe I'm being self-destructive and I just like because I'm so constitutionally against what these people stand for but then again I also think that's kind of not not even not giving himself enough credit but it's letting himself off too easy by being like oh well I'm just not meant for this because then it just kind of lets you like not even try yeah it's also funny like that it it's funny when he mentions where I'm reading something that he wrote right after he was born and it reminds me of conversations that we had 20 years later he's mentioned the Tom Fitzgibbon thing to me before like Tom Mm. Fitzgibbon was one of his friends he loved Tom I don't know if Tom is listening to this maybe we should send it to Tom to say hey um but he would always talk about being a lawyer and how everyone hates being a lawyer or at least in big law and he was like except Tom Fitzgibbon he was just good at what he did and he also obviously greatly admired Tom as like a person and I think it both like mystified him and almost like frustrated him that there was someone that he really respected who was really good at being a corporate lawyer because mm-hmm. I think he kind of had this thing in his head where it's like, oh, being a corporate lawyer is whatever. But then he had a couple examples. Tom was one. There was a couple others that I'm forgetting, but of people who were corporate lawyers that he like really respected, that were good people with good principles and also seemed to like enjoy it. And so I think that's something that I think he sometimes was like, why is that not me? Like, why yeah, can I would not me? The next paragraph is like very much about that. So I think yeah. you should read that. Okay, perfect. Okay, next part. Um, so that whole thing was one paragraph. And then this is a little aside at the end of the paragraph. Also, very odd, because at the same time as all of the above, I'm still strangely impressed. Is that the word? With big firm lawyers who have achieved notoriety for their accomplishments, but is winning some huge litigation through ruthlessness and confrontation and accomplishment? Do I believe at all in litigation? What is the right thing to do? I'm obsessed with it. That's exactly what Uncle Brian did. Like, is that the right word? Like, yeah. <laughs> They're just so, like, nitpicky. They're so nitpicky. (laughs) But I get it. Like, am I impressed with them? Is that the right word? Am I, like, in awe? Is it, like, kind of, like, this, like, morbid curiosity? Um, Like, I do, like, I think you can be impressed and, like, in awe. I think we talked about, like, like, being in awe, something being awesome. Yeah. In, like, a negative way about, like, Oppenheimer and the bomb. Like, it's kind of, like, the way that he felt about a lot of these, like, ruthless lawyers is probably the way that we feel about the bomb. Like, terrible but like impressive but it is funny because when in a technical way when he talked to me about this like years and years later when I was in college and I was thinking what I wanted to do he also seemed to be like there's some good guys doing this you know what I mean and I think that's what he was struggling with it's like yeah he's like I don't necessarily do I even believe in litigation at all and I think it's so much easier to dismiss and be like well these are bad people and even if I'm impressed by it it's still bad but then he genuinely cared about a lot of people who are big lawyers and like genuinely respected them people like my uncle ricky or people like tom that he'd talk with with so much respect and be like i just have a lot of respect for what they do 
And so it's just something that I think he continued to ask these questions for the rest of his life, which is very interesting. I don't think he ever 100% got over the idea of, oh, maybe if I could just could have just stuck it out, you know, with with right. being a lawyer. Right. And uh, there are so many journal entries and like emails to my mom about him, like, just like ruinating over, should I quit big law? Should I go back to school? Should I get my master's? Like, it's obvious that- I feel like mom is just like, bruh, like do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's very obvious that he, this was never something that he was like. And and also like, there's a lot of stuff from like when he was in law school about already feeling out of place and feeling like, is this the right place for me? That's also interesting to look back on. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Hi guys. Sorry. Sorry. Goldfish break. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if the audio has changed at all. I'm, um, sitting at the back hallway of my hostel because Anna someone was violently kicked out of her hostel room <laughs> no some a woman came in and very nicely just started unpacking her bag so I just had to move violent um, super violent yeah actually it is medic no just kidding I'm like that girl <laughs> no yeah we're not because of the girl anyway anyway there's someone was crazy um okay so I just can't shake the feeling though that to accept this is to be cowed to give in, to be beaten down, to accept what's unacceptable. I have this feeling that rigidly to stand by my principles is a good thing. Or maybe this is just a rationalization for bailing on the whole thing. But again, is there a reward for this? Do the flexible ones who allow for relativism really do better? Another thought, am I just making a big deal out of nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Me at the end of every single therapy session. So true. Um, yeah. Like this idea of rigidity versus flexibility is really interesting to me. I see myself as probably one of the least flexible people in the world. You are I one of the least flexible go people. Go with no flows. I am traveling with you is like, the is the most stressful experience in the entire world. Yeah, traveling with me is not fun. I like need to sleep in my bed every night. Um, but like also more like generally with my principles, like I really hard-headed um and if I believe in something there's really no talking me out of it and I actually become quite angry if you do <laughs> true so I think and again like the do I like is my just trying to bail on this like what am I actually like he honestly he was way too introspective for his own good and I think that like yeah like he just wasted not wasted time I don't want to say that like introspection is time wasted but I think like he was kind of going, it, this is really like, I think this exemplifies his pattern of rumination because he was saying a lot of the same things in a lot of different ways. Like, I think yeah. that he really could not, there are just some things that he really couldn't figure out, but he spent his whole life trying to. Agreed. And, um, well, we skipped over this like last little part where he's just kind of like talking a little bit about one of his friends and how he and his friend kind of like disagree a little bit about this and if it's like alienating to the friend um we skipped it because like it wasn't that relevant but the general idea of it and like trying to negotiate that in not just workspaces but like interpersonal relationships trying to be like flexible versus rigid like being friends with people who don't always share like 100% of your values this part's not about Tom Fitzgibbon. It's about a different friend, by the way. Um, it's just something that I think about all the time. 
And it is a thing. Am I making a big deal out of nothing? Like, does it really matter if I like being around this person? If I like spending time with them, is there a point in making a big deal and causing issues over something that like maybe doesn't even affect us in the day to day? And I feel like dad's asking this about work. I'm thinking about it more in terms of interpersonal stuff because currently like, I don't have a job, (laughs) Um, but I don't know. I think about this all the time. Like what is worth, what is worth making a big fuss over? What is worth standing rigidly in your principles over um, when maybe you guys share other things in common and all of that? So it's just an interesting question. No. That we will never know the answer to. <laughs> and you, you know, anything else you want to say? No, I was going to say, like, if you're my friend and I've ever fought with you, believe me, I've spent a lot of time thinking about if it was worth it. <laughs> I really haven't. I feel like conflict always leads to, to it. at least like when I fight with people or like after I have like a, some kind of like misunderstanding with someone that I love them close to, I always usually feel closer to them after the fact. And I feel like that probably has something to do with like the way that I have like interpersonal conflict. I'm just thinking about, I, I had a really bad dream last night about a fight, but that was just a dream. So I feel like that doesn't really count. I also had a dream that I was being turned into an abused dog and had to say bye to Carter and it was really sad. That's really unfortunate. Um, anyway, um, anyway. But yeah, but like, but I just want to say like on the friends thing, I know that you don't spend, I think I have a lot of friends who obviously share the same values as me. I also have a lot of friends who are like very different from me, either like apolitical mm. or from different countries and their politics are just different. Um, but I feel like that's something I sometimes just have to be like, we're just not going to come to the same conclusion, but I'd still love to get brunch with you. And that's something <laughs> I, have, I have trouble with coming to terms with sometimes that not everyone's going to think the same way as me. Yeah, um, that's really hard for me. Yeah, it's hard for me too. I also think like you, like especially your college friends are just usually like some, like all at least like somewhat on the same playing field, not on the same like page, but on the same book. Yeah. No, we really are. And it's, but it's so crazy how I will start a fight. Like, (laughs) shout out Alice. Literally, I started yelling at her because like, she, we were talking about like vaccines and we were in the car on an Uber to like go like meet one of our friend's parents for dinner. And like, she said something about how she doesn't think the government should, like, she thinks that if you're not vaccinated, you should be like not allowed in restaurants and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But because of like the Tuskegee um, project and stuff like she doesn't believe that the government should be able to like tell people what to do with their bodies which is a super valid way to think and she still is like very pro vaccinations and stuff yeah but, like, I, I literally just started I, I literally just started like yelling at her and like I don't know why I feel this like I have this tendency to really um like patronize people and yeah, like try and make them feel stupid which sucks <laughs> I know <laughs> it's, it's something just, that I'm it's so interesting because I don't want to make, make it sound like all my friends are stupid. I don't have any stupid friends. Some of my friends are very politically informed. Some of my friends are just not as politically informed, especially in U.S. politics. And like, I would, I would be condescending to them, but they'd almost like have to let me be condescend them because they wouldn't have anything to say back. And so I'd walk out of that situation being like, I just taught them something. But I like, showed them. But upon reflection, I think, especially since I've been traveling, I was like, mm, I don't think they probably actually came out feeling like they were like heard or respected. Or, and I don't really necessarily think they might've, like quote unquote learned anything from that because they probably just walked away being like it's fucking bitch so (laughs) I think it's just something that this made me think about and I think you know 
I think there's obviously certain degrees of things that like I will not tolerate in a friendship, but learning to be more open to people who all my friends are passionate about something. They're just not all passionate about politics and like, that's okay. But is it (laughs) like, (laughs) like, how do you not care? I know it's something literally as I'm saying it, I'm like, do I actually agree with that? Like I do, but then sometimes I get frustrated but then most of the time I'm like, yeah, like we can't all expect everyone to like know everything. I get burnout all the time from politics. But then I'm like, but how can you not care? But then I'm like, they weren't raised in DC. Like they weren't just like raised automatically like with all of this stuff around them. But then I'm like, but don't they want to research? But then I'm like, I can't just expect everyone to sit there and research all day. But then I'm like, but maybe they should. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do land on eventually like I think that everyone is relative and if you have the right overall morals like it's all we're all good and I love and respect all my friends however that's something that it's just something I I struggle with sometimes and it's it's a a me thing it's not my friend's thing but it's something that is is a personally I I I struggle with every so often in certain conversations yeah and then I have other friends. But the thing is, I just want to say, I do have other friends I can talk about politics with who are I very cannot, informed. This isn't a really long thing about your friends in politics. I, I know. I just like, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to say none of my friends care because that's not true. Anyway. Um, I feel like we need to qualify. Yeah, but Annie, you already said that. You said that you have friends who are really politically informed like way earlier. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just afraid of offending people. Yeah. Well, don't be. I mean, people I care about. I don't care about offending most people. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up. Yeah, I want to go eat my goldfish. Okay. Well, I see back on. I want to stop laying on the floor of the hallway of the hostel. <laughs> yeah, you're really getting comfy there. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Um, Which we'll record soon. Okay. Love you guys. Four okay, and nine. Yell. Tic tac toe. Hippopotamus. Okay. S is nine. Wait. Oh my god. S i nine. Yell. Wait, is EL yours? Yeah. <laughs> my brain just like, my brain just like got confused. Okay. Wait, what is it? SNI, Roman knows making Oh, yeah. SNI, Roman knows making us. Roman knows making us. Make your own with you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.